of Psalms, number 50, stanza 14. We're going to be talking about the offering of thanksgiving. The offering of thanksgiving. And see, there's there's something about thanksgiving that's truly awesome. Once we get a revelation of it. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, we normally thank God after he's done something for us. Come on, we thank him for waking us up every morning. We thank him for the clothes on our back and the shoes on our feet and the roof over our head and the food on our tables. Come on, say amen, somebody. We say thank you, Jesus, when we receive a financial blessing. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. We say thank you, Jesus, when we receive a breakthrough in our lives or some type of deliverance. For example, if you've been in a car accident and you survived like many of us have this year. (laughs) Come on, we got out that car saying, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Say amen, somebody. And there's nothing wrong with that because you're giving God the glory for getting you through. And he deserves all of it. Let me say it again. He deserves all of it. But there's something much more powerful in your offering of thanksgiving. Here in Psalms 50, stanza 14, it says, Offer unto God, what? Thanksgiving, and pay thy vows unto the Most High. See, when you're offering up thanks to God, what you're doing is you're recognizing the goodness of God. It's a reflection of of a deep perception of who God is. Amen. Let me say it again. It's a reflection, amen, of a deep perception of who God is, and it's a deep appreciation of God. Yes. And see, all of this requires a true humility of spirit. Amen. Somebody say humility. humility. Now, out of all the offering that children of Israel had given, amen, had to give every day, once a year, sometimes three or four or five times, and there were many offerings they had to give, God preferred the thanksgiving offering above them all. Why? Because it showed and revealed their heart towards God. Come on, are you with me out here? And sages say, even though all the sacrifices will be discontinued during the Messianic era, which is what we're in right now, one sacrifice that will never be done away with is the thanksgiving offering. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Why? Because you're acknowledging the mercy of God. Look at Psalm 6930. Because it speaks of what I've just talked about and lets us know how important thanksgiving is to God. Psalm 6930. He says, I will praise the name of God with a song. And I will what? Magnifying him with what? Thanksgiving. This also shall what? This shall also what? Please the Lord better than an ox or a bullock that has horns and hoof. Come on, this please God more than any other offering. Then it says, the humble shall see this and be glad and your heart shall live that seek God. Let me read this from the Living Bible. The Living Bible reads, amen, 
The humble shall see their God at work for them. Oh, let me say it again. It says the humble shall see their God at work for them. No wonder they will be so glad. All who seek for God shall live in joy. Because why? It takes a real humble heart to give thanks unto God. I'm talking about true thanks. And it says the humble ones are the ones that will see their God at work for them. Now, go back to Psalms 50, verse 14. I'm going to read it from the Living Bible. Because I want you to listen to the heart of God. The Living Bible, Psalms 50, verse 14. He says, what I want from you is true thanks. Listen to him now. What I want from you is true thanks. I want, he says, I want your promises fulfilled. I want you to trust me in your times of trouble so I can rescue you and you can give me glory. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. God says, I want your promises fulfilled. I want you to trust me in your times of trouble. Why? So I can rescue you and you can give me what? Glory. But notice the order he gives here. He says, first, I want your true thanks. In other words, there can be a false thanks. It could be a fake thanks. It could be a thanks only when you do something for me. Come on, say amen, somebody. So it says, I want your what? True thanks. In other words, I'm thanking him for his mercy before I see anything. Come on, I'm thanking him for his goodness before I'm out of the trouble that I probably got myself into. See, give me thanks to the God before the manifestation moves God to do the miraculous in your life. Let me say it again. Giving true thanks unto God before the manifestation moves God to do the miraculous in your life. Why? Because you're magnifying him above your situation. Look at Psalms 95 too. See, it's easy to thank God after everything is done. But true thanksgiving thanks God before it's done and in the midst of your situation. Psalms 95 too says, let us come before his presence with what? With thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with what? Psalms. See, we get into the presence of God when we get into thanksgiving. Psalms 104 says, enter into his gates. With what? With thanksgiving into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Come on, bless his name real quick. Hallelujah. It said, be thankful unto him. Have a thankful heart. See, having a thankful heart moves the hand of God, folks. And see, it just does something to God. Let me say it again. It just does something to God. It does something in the heart of God when he sees you humbling yourself and recognizing his goodness. Come on. When he sees you with a deep perception of who he is. 
Come on, it does something to God's heart when he sees you with a deep appreciation of what he's capable of doing, even if he hasn't done it yet. And it gives us a more meaning to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Where he says, be careful for nothing. That word nothing means not one thing. Not one thing. Be careful for not one thing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your what? Requests be made known unto God and the peace of God. Who passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. But we got the readers from the Living Bible. The Living Bible says, don't worry about anything. 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 Anything. What's left after anything? Don't worry about anything. Anything. Oh, I'm just, I, I, it's all right to have a little. He said anything. Say anything again. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs. And don't forget, don't forget to thank him for his answers. Why? Because I'm thanking him as has already been done. And then he says, if you, then in verse 7 says, if you do this, do what? Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God my needs and not forget to thank him for his answers. If I do this, he says, I will experience God's peace. Which is far more wonderful than the human mind can even understand. And his peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But the Message Bible reads verse 7 this way. The Message Bible says, before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It says it's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. See, you're calm because why? You have a sensing that God's about to do some marvelous things in your life. Why? Because you did what was required. What did you do? You humbled yourself before God. Come on, say amen, somebody. You recognized who God was. Come on, say amen, somebody. And you were appreciative of what God can do, even though he hasn't done it yet, but you're appreciative, but you know he can do it. Hallelujah. Go to John chapter 6, verse 1. Let's look at some examples of this in Jesus' life and ministry. John chapter 6, verse 1. 
God's about to do some marvelous things in your life. But he says, if you do this, if you do this, if you do this, come on. John chapter 6, verse 1. And it says, after these things, Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And said, and a great multitude followed him because they saw the what? They saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. You need to underline that, because they saw his miracles. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, the Feast of Jews, was nigh. When Jesus lifted up his eyes, he saw a what? Great company come unto him. And he said unto Philip, when shall we buy bread that these may eat? And verse 6 reads, and this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Let me say it again. He himself knew what he would do. Underline that. He himself, a highlighter, however you do it. He himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. What's Peter doing? Peter is looking at the natural state of things. And he's discounting the supernatural, even though he has witnessed Jesus' miracles. Ain't that what it says? Because they saw his miracles. And we get that way sometimes. We get, that, we get to a place where God has moved mightily in one of the areas in our lives. But then something sh pops up or something shows up, and then we start getting worried, totally forgetting what God has already done in our lives. Not realizing he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And listen, if he can save you in a car accident, and you come out unscratched, what makes you think he can't deliver you from the financial crisis that you're in? See what happens? You start thinking like Philip. I got to get two or three or four jobs. Verse 8. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, there's a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? Once again, they're looking at the natural. They're only looking at what they have, what they can't see, what they can see with their physical eyes. See, they can't see past their circumstance. Say it again. They can't see past their circumstance. Then Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about what? 5,000. And what did Jesus do? Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, come on, we read in verse 6, he knew himself. He himself knew what he would do. He himself knew what he would do. What was it that he knew himself he was going to do? He knew how he's going to get God's attention and provoke a miracle. He knew how, how God felt about offering thanksgiving before the manifestation. Come on, say amen, somebody. He knew by offering thanksgiving, he would touch the heart of God, and God would supernaturally move and do something that no one ever seen before. But remember, Jesus is always teaching. 
He's always teaching. He's teaching them what to do because why? He, you know, he, kept, he kept telling them, one day I'm not going to be here. One day I'm not going to be here. So he's always teaching them so they'll know how to get the same results that he did. So what did he do? It says, he took the loaves. And when he had given things, he did what? He distributed it to the who? Disciples. And the five barley loaves and the two small fishes multiplied before their eyes. Now, the disciples are looking at this, and they're saying, hey, I don't need, hey, you don't have to tell me what to do. What'd they do? They lifted up what they had, and they begin to give God thanks. Come on. They begin to give God thanks, and they started, and they gave to them that were sat down. And likewise of the fishes as much as they would. In other words, the Johnny Case and the old wife just kept flowing and 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 flowing when they were filled. He said to the disciples, gather up the fragments that remain that nothing be lost. Therefore, they gathered them together, filled 12 baskets with the fragments of five lower barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. These, then those men which had, been, had seen the miracle of Jesus did said, this is of a truth that prophet that should come into the world. But the question is, what started it? When Jesus lifted up those five barley loaves and those two small fishes that they said, what is this? going to do for this big company of people. But when he took it up and said, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I humble myself before you and I recognize your goodness. Come on, say amen, somebody. I'm recognizing your mercy right now, Father God. I have a deep perception of who you are and I have a deep appreciation for what I know that you're about to do and when he did that what happened a far a piece of God came which was far more wonderful than the human mind can understand ain't that what Philippians 4 7 said a sense of God's wholeness came upon him everything started coming together for good everything started coming together for good and he gave to the disciples, and bam, multiplication began. Why? Because the giving of thanks moves the hand of God. Let me say it again. The giving of thanks moves the hand of God. Let's look at another one. Look at John chapter 11, verse 1. John chapter 11, verse 1. It reads, Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. 
Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou loveth is what? Sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the what? For the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. But understand, it's just like the five loaves and two fishes. He himself knew what he would do. Come on, say amen, somebody. Now, verse 5 says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Mary and Lazarus. And when he had heard, therefore, he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Now the question is, when did Lazarus actually die? Lazarus died the day the messengers were sent out. How did Jesus know that? He knew this by revelation, folks. And see, it took one day's travel to get to where Jesus was. That means it's going to take one day's travel to get back to Lazarus. But he abode there how many days? Two days. So it was at least four days before he got back to Lazarus because why? Because he understood some things that people didn't understand. Then it says, then after that, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. Because most people say, well, why do you stay there two days? See, now you're thinking like Mary. We're going to see that in a minute. Then after that, saith he to the disciples, let us go into, into Judea again. A disciple said unto the master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goeth thou hither again? They get ready. They tried to kill you last time you came through this. Jesus just said, are there not 12 hours in a day? If any man walk in a day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of his world, of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because why? There's no light in him. I am the light. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. And these things said he, and after that he said unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may wake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he going to be all right. All he needs is a little nap. He just going to sleep it off. You know, like some people do, and they keep sleeping, and they never wake up because they try to get their own cures. Come on. Some of that stuff has gotten people in so much trouble. The home remedies <laughs> that grandma came up with. Come on. It worked for great, 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 great grandma. The great, 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 great grandma don't deal with the stuff that we, 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 we do today. And great, 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 great grandma don't eat the stuff we eat today. She ate fresh stuff. Come on, they ate the stuff out the ground. Amen. They went out the backyard and killed them a pig or a cow. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. They wasn't eating nothing diseased. Glory to God. And I goes on to say. Then the disciples said, Lord, if he sleep, he should do well. Howbeit, Jesus spake of his death. But they thought that he had spoken of taking a rest in sleep. Because why? Jesus knew this by revelation. The Father had already revealed it to him. Verse 14, and said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Okay, y'all didn't get it. He's dead. <laughs> I got to tell y'all, he's dead. 
And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent you may believe, nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us go, let us also go, that we may die with him. <laughs> yeah. He's thinking about death. Jesus is talking about life. Come on, he's thinking about dying, and Jesus said, I'm going to bring somebody to that, to, back to life, and you're talking about dying? Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave for how many days? Four days already. So he died the same day the messengers were sent out. So there was no way he was going to get there before Lazarus died. Sometimes we're always trying to rush to do something. Now realizing you can't do nothing anyway. Hello? The same prayer you get, you go and offer when you get there, same prayer you could have done from here. <laughs> if you have faith that your prayer worked. If you have faith that your prayer worked. But we want to run. I got to be there. Hello. Glory to God. Jesus said, I'm going to stay here two more days. He's going to be all right. I got this. I got this. You're going to see the glory of God. Just don't worry about it. I got this. Come on, say amen, somebody. Verse 18, now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furloughs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and, Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. <laughs> then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and what? Met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Now, that's kind of strange to me because Mary was the one that was sitting at Jesus' feet when Martha was doing all the work. And Martha complained, why don't you make her do something, Jesus? Mary was the one that's getting the good part that Jesus said that she needed. Come on, say amen, somebody. But here she is in offense towards Jesus because why? He didn't come in time to heal her brother. And I'm pretty sure Martha wasn't the only one that heard Jesus was coming. Come on, say amen, somebody. I'm pretty sure everybody heard Jesus was coming, even Mary. That goes to show people may be hearing but not all are listening and meditating on what they heard. Let me say it again. People may be hearing, but not all are what? Listening and meditating what they heard. Because, listen, if she had really was just meditating on the last message she heard Jesus preach, she would have been the first one to jump up and go to Jesus instead of Martha. So in verse 21, then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. Now the blame's the game, Mr. Ono. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. And Jesus, okay, all right, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. Jesus said, well, your brother shall rise again. 
Martha said to him, I know that he arrives again in the resurrection at the last day. You didn't hear me, Martha. You just said, if I ask God, God will give me what I ask for. And I'm telling you, your brother will rise again. Yeah, I know that, Jesus. I know that. I know he's going to rise in a resurrection in the last day. That's all future. But we're talking about here and now, Jesus. Martha, did you hear me? You just said, whatever I ask God, he's going to give it to me. You said it. And I'm telling you, your brother shall rise again. And Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. The future is staring you in the face, Martha. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. He said, Believest thou this? And she said unto them, Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord. I believe that thou art. I, I, I didn't ask you, Did you believe in who I am? I said, Did you believe what I just said? She said, I believe that thou. Wait a minute. I just asked you, I just told you, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me. Though he were dead, yet he shall yet shall he live, and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Do you believe that? Do you believe if you if whoever lives and believes in me shall never die? Do you believe that, Martha? I believe that thou art Martha. <laughs> I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. But in her heart, she was still in doubt. She knew him as a son of God that would come into the world, but she didn't know him as a son of God that was going to raise her brother from the dead. And when she, said, when she had said so, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly saying, the master has come and he's calling for you. She wasn't even going to come until the master called for her. She already know he's in the vicinity. She's still in the house. She already know where Martha went. It wasn't no secret where Martha went. Martha said, I'm going to where he is. She's still sitting in the house. Why? Because she's in offense. Martha had to go there and get her. And as soon as she heard that, she rose quickly and came unto him. Now, Jesus was not yet coming to the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house, comforted her and comforted her. When they, saw that, when, they, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, she go up to the grave to weep there. You know, like people do when they have a casket up here and they try to crawl into the casket. <laughs> Amen. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. She putting the blame on Jesus. It's your fault that my brother is dead. Now realizing the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But she said, 
if you would have been here, my brother, I'd be, me and my brother would be having a conversation right now. But because you didn't come in time, and I know when I sent those messengers. <laughs> come on, you're God. You could have did the Spock or Star Trek or whatever and beamed down, Scotty. Come on, say amen somebody. And when Jesus saw, and Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he what? He groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Why? Because if anyone should have had faith, it should have been Mary. And that's the way God with both believers. He sees you struggling. He sees you sitting there in doubt. He sees you sitting there worried. He sees you doing all, going through all the stuff. He's saying, if anybody should believe, they've been going to church for how long? How much word have they been getting time and time and time again? And I know you get word here. But yet, you're still worried. But yet, you're still crying. But yet, you're still depressed. But yet, you're still oppressed. Suppressed. Come on, say amen, somebody. And it says what? He was troubled. How could this be? Groaned in the spirit. And said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And said, Jesus wept. And then the Jews said, beloved, behold, how he loved him. He wept because he was looking at the state of all these unbelievers. Even the one he thought should have believed. And then it says, some of them said, could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? He knew was it what was in their heart, folks. Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. And it was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha. <laughs> the sister of him that was dead said unto him, Lord. Martha, one of them, you just want to say, did you hear? You want to take her by grace. Did you hear what he said? By this time he what? Stinketh, for he'd been dead four years. Four days. <laughs> I've been a long time, huh? <laughs> Had me some serious resurrection. <laughs> he been dead how many days? Four days. And Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee? That if thou would have believed, didn't I say this to you, woman? Didn't we just have this conversation? It's like that conversation, God. Didn't I just tell you I'm going to get you out of that situation? Didn't I just tell you I'm the money is coming? Didn't I just tell you that? But yet you still ask a dumb question like that? 
I just told you. If you would believe, you're going to see the glory of God. You're going to see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, 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 I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou heard me always, but because of this people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when thus he had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus! Come forth! When he said, I thank you, Father, come on, that thou hast heard me. What happened? The glory of God showed up. Come on. The glory of God showed up. The glory of God showed up. The glory of God showed up. And the power of God fell upon him. Come on. The anointing came on him. And then he spoke with authority. Lazarus. Come forth. Hallelujah. Why? What did Acts 10.38 say? 19.38. How God anointed Jesus with the, with the Holy Ghost. And with how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. When he said, thank you, Father, I know you heard me. That power came on him, that anointing came on him, the anointing of the Holy Ghost, and he went about doing good. He said, Lazarus, get out of there, boy. Hallelujah. It was when he humbled himself in the giving of thanks, folks, recognizing the goodness of God, recognizing the mercy of God, having a deep perception of, perception of who God is. Come on, say amen, somebody. Having a deep appreciation of what God was about to do. And when he did that, God showed up and showed out. Come on, say amen, somebody. Then in back to John eleven forty four, and he that was dead, what came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face bound about with napkins. That anointing was still on Jesus. That power was still on Jesus. He's still flowing in the Holy Ghost. Come on, say Amen, somebody. And when he seen him come out, he said, "Hey, loose him and let him go." Somebody say, loose him and let him go. And there are some people in here that want to see the glory of God. There are some people in here that want the anointing to show up in their situation. There are some people in here that want to see a manifestation of the raising of the dead power of God. Come on. Well, if that's you, you need to get on your feet. 
and you need to humble yourself. And you need to begin to recognize the goodness of God. You need to begin to recognize the mercy of God. And if you don't have it, ask God for a deeper perception of who he is. And begin giving him thanks, showing you have a deep appreciation of what he's about to do in your life. Come on, give him thanks. Come on, give him glory. Because God's about to show up. And God's about to show out. And God's about to put anointing on you. And you're going to say, Lazarus, come forth. Money, come forth. House, come forth. Children, come forth. Marriage, come forth. College tuition, come forth. Come on, give him thanks. Come on, give him thanks. Come on, give him thanks. Thank you, Lord. 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 Come on. What manifestation are you looking for, Lord? Come on, what manifestation are you asking God for? Come on, say, thank you, Father. I know it's going to come to pass. Come on, you call it out. Come on, tell whatever it is. Come forth. Come on, you need a car? Say, car, come forth. Because I'm giving God thanks. I don't have to see it. I just say, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Now tell the devil, loose it and let it go. <laughs> oh, shake it. Ma, 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 ma. Let your hands to the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. God's about to do some things. God's about to do some things. The glory of the Lord is showing up right now. The glory of the Lord is showing up right now. The glory of the Lord is showing up right now. Hallelujah. 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 And it starts by giving God thanks. It starts by humbling myself before God and saying, you are God Almighty. I know you can do it. I know you love me. I appreciate you, God. I know who you are. I know you are the King of Kings. I know you are the Lord of Lords. I know you are El Shaddai. I know you're the same yesterday. I know you're the same today. I know you're the same tomorrow. And I know you're working right now in my life. I know you're bringing it right now. I don't have to see it to believe it. Oh, shake it, no more, mama, ha 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 I believe I receive it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.